Welcome to this week's edition of Utnaboot, the podcast within a podcast where we discuss history that we see Utnaboot in in action. I'm Keely McCavitt, and sitting here with me, as always, are Robin Mullins and Nick Bridges. Well, this week's version of Utnaboot is very exciting because this week's topic comes from a fan of the podcast, Sam. And it takes us to the Bruce Peninsula, where a ship that was considered lost has been found by historians, marine archaeologists, and the captain of the ship's great-grandson. Shout out to Sam. Thanks, Sam. So built in 1888, the J.H. Jones was a small cargo and passenger ship from the town of Wyerton. So you may know Wyerton from Wyerton Willie, the groundhog that has magical powers and predicts the weather. And if you live outside of Ontario, I'm mm-hmm. so sorry that you haven't been blessed by Wyrton Willie's magical, truth-telling crusade. Susane. <laughs> also, I just need you all to know that until about age maybe 17 or 18, I used to go on an annual crusade to visit Wyrton Willie. That's amazing. Yeah, in the summer, not not in the middle of winter. Did you meet him in person? What is he like? Many times. One time he was dead. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, they just got another wire to Willie. There's usually six of them. He lives outside the library. He's got a really nice home now because the year that they all died, and I mean all because they usually have a few backups, just in case, he used to live, he used to live at the front of a farm um, in this little like kind of hutch. And it wasn't great, obviously. And so things didn't end well that year. And after that, uh, they, I guess they got some funding and they built him this massive, beautiful, like kind of like a terrarium type place out front of the library. And it's down by the beach. And it's just a really nice place. There's a park right there. And there's a massive statue of a groundhog, a big white statue, of course. And um, because of the style of his house, you can actually kind of see against like where he's burrowed into to make his hole and stuff and it's really fun so Wyrton Willie I like you so the J.H. Jones served ports around Manitoulin Island in the Bruce Peninsula and was manned by a crew of 13 all of whom were also from Wyrton on November 22nd 1906 the J.H. Jones tragically sunk in the Bruce Peninsula more specifically Cape Croker during a storm losing all 30 on board both crew and passengers this was a huge blow to Wyerton in the surrounding area, and has remained, in the words of Chris Cole, one of the main marine archaeologists on this search, the greatest tragedy for the city of Wyerton. Only one body was ever recovered, and the wreckage of the ship that came to shore was initially misidentified as coming from another lost ship, making its disappearance all the more odd. This modern search began after the team, led by Ken Merriman and Jerry Elazen, were contacted by Dan Crawford, the great-great-grandson of the ship's beloved captain, J.V. Crawford. So after hearing about the team's discovery of a similar wreck last summer in 2017, the boat that they discovered was the Jane Miller, Dan Crawford contacted the team and asked them to begin a search for the J.H. Jones. This is particularly special because the whereabouts of the ship had been a family and community mystery since its sinking. It was a lifelong dream of Dan Crawford to find it himself. The research was difficult because there were no known survivors. But research conducted by Cole and old newspaper records held the key to the wreck's discovery. The lighthouse keeper at Cabot Head had been watching the ship, turned away for a few moments, and when he looked back, it was gone. Using this information and his location at the time of the ship's disappearance, the crew was able to find the wreck within an hour and 45 minutes of embarking. That's a crazy fast amount of time. Isn't that great? When you consider it was lost for so long Mm. that they were able to find it so quickly... Well, and you think that you're on the boat, and you're like, we're in here for the long haul, we're going to have to pull out all the fancy equipment, and then 
you get to go home early. What a great day. Cape Croker is a big area. Yeah, it is. Yeah, like Georgia Bay is a huge bay. Um, the ship was actually found on Canada Day this year. At the time of the discovery, Dan Crawford was unable to be there, but his father, who is the great-grandson of the ship's captain, was actually on board the ship when the wreck was found and was very excited by its discovery because he didn't think that he would see it in his lifetime. It was just something that he had written off as they will never find the boat, and he got to be there when they found it. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, to see family lore come to life, that's pretty crazy. And again, how cool is it that they were able to do historical research, look at some old newspapers, kind of pinpoint some of these eyewitness accounts of seeing the ship and then having it disappear, and be able to use those to find it so quickly. Like, that's an amazing... Um, it's a great boon for, for history, right? It's It really speaks in, in the favor of keeping historical records and having them and using them. You know, it's it's... I think a lot of times we just think that historical newspapers are kept just for the sake of posterity and for keeping them, but they're actually useful. Mm. And you could think, you know, oh, the lighthouse keeper just said, I was looking at it and I turned away for one second and it was gone. Like, where's the value in that? But in this case, it was incredibly valuable. That was the information that that sort of made the case work. Exactly. It's what made it, it's what allowed it to be found so quickly. It's what gave them the right area to start looking in. I think there's just a lot of value that we don't, often consider in keeping a lot of these records around and Mm -hmm. having them available to the public. And one thing too is they actually have footage of the wreck on Vimeo so we will be posting a link of the um, Vimeo video that was taken by the marine archaeologists of the wreck and I found personally after reading the newspaper articles and reading the accounts by the Crawfords that when I was watching the Vimeo footage, I was getting very excited as well, like seeing it kind of like emerge from the darkness and there's this boat and it's actually in very good condition considering that it's been down there for so long. It's really cool. Like if you get a chance, I would recommend checking it out. For some questions for you guys, kind of in that vein, um, I think marine archeology span is a very interesting branch of research. It's fascinating, but I also find it incredibly terrifying. Like, I get really scared watching the videos of, like, ship discoveries. And I don't know if it's because I watched Jaws too much when I was younger or what, but I just cannot picture myself doing historical research underwater. I don't know. Well, I mean, it's... I don't think that it's really a requisite that it has to be done by a scuba diver, necessarily. There's a lot of different um, technology that they can now use to actually go and use, like, radar and sonar and all that kind of stuff. And they even have little kind of machines that will go into the water and kind of swim back and forth and and scan it. So you don't have to be trapped down there alone with the, I presumably, freshwater sharks that you would be afraid of in in this lake. There's (laughs) there's magical rodents. There could be freshwater sharks. I I will allow it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I, I am actually really intrigued by it. I think it's it's super interesting. I, again, I, I agree that the idea of being down there alone in the dark, so far beneath you know the surface of the water is a little frightening, but I think it would be so interesting to be able to be on hand for some of these discoveries because you just think there are so many things that have been lost to the sea and to the water over time and it's so difficult. It has been so difficult for so long for us to really be able to do Um, justice to having searches to try to find some of these things but now with the advent of technologies that have been breaking through it's just really opening up a whole new world for us to find all kinds of shipwrecks and other things that have been otherwise lost and what's uh, i think so cool about underwater archaeology is that especially in colder areas like georgian bay um 
the artifacts themselves are really well preserved. Mm. They're often uh, better maintained than if they're out in open air or under the ground, but just because of the conditions that water provides. Mm-hmm. One of the most powerful things about this story for me is the fact that the descendants of the ship's captain, J.B. Crawford, were involved in not only organizing the expedition to find it, but were also there to watch it be discovered. And I think that personal tie um, is very interesting, and it it makes you remember that in all cases, whenever you're dealing with history, it's everyone's story. It's somebody's family, or it was somebody's family. Everyone's connected to these stories if it's from if you're from Wyerton this is part of your story as well because it's the lore of your town and I think this is a really good example that kind of distills that and one of the reasons why historians do the work that they do and as you had mentioned earlier Robin it really points out the value of maintaining and preserving historical documents so we love you LAC as well as all kinds of you know um, smaller scale mm-hmm. uh, institutions that are preserving these documents. Mm-hmm. So like your local library, which also mm-hmm. has a lot of these records on hand or has them available. Your local historical society too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the the local heroes that also make up um, the people who allow these documents mm-hmm. to still be preserved. So what about you, intrepid listener? What family or hometown mystery would you love to solve? To let us know your answers, or if you've noticed something interesting out and about that you would like to share, send us an email at podcast at nohistory.ca, or reach out to us on social media at Notice History. Your topic could be featured on our next episode. A very special thank you again to Sam for sending in this week's suggestion, you the best. If you like what you hear, tell your friends, and subscribe to Notice History wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in to Utnaboot, and we will see you next Tuesday on a brand new episode of Notice History.